player podcast. Halloween pool is here, where the scar and abnormal live and terror thrives. So make sure the lights stay on as Nerd Pool presents Halloween Pool. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast and Halloween Pool Month. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a JMIE, your 31st favorite podcast host. And as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today we are doing one of my most popular episodes. Every year it seems like the B-Horror Movie Review does very well for me in terms of views and listens. And I thank you all for that. Uh, maybe it's because maybe some of you have the the affinity for the these terrible movies like I do. Now, normally when I do these movies, uh, reviews, I take a movie that dear to my heart. One that everybody, the critics and everybody seem to hate. They talk bad about... Um, they may not be that well done, but for some reason, I just love them. I love the cheesy acting. I love maybe the cheesy effects, the story, whatever. If you don't know what a B-movie is, a B-movie is, to me, is a film that is a low-budget film. It may not have the best practical effects. It may not have the best CGI, depending on the time, but it's low-budget um, with usually, sometimes I have a bigger actor, but usually low-budget actors, and the the story is just, it. it's not good. Like, it's 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 never good visually it's it's not good story-wise a lot but it's one of these things where they become cult classics um the toxic avenger movies were cult classics as you've done monster brawl became a cult classic and multiple multiple versions of the these films especially horror films come out yearly and they're just they're they're they're, they're big you know uh being in a, the horror genre, you can make a cult film. You can make a film that doesn't appeal to the broad audience but can still find its way into being the, the heart and soul and minds of the fans of horror just from any aspect. Like I said, it could be visually, it could be story-driven, it could be just the cheesy acting, whatever. Um, this one, however, is going to be a little different because a lot of movies get labeled the worst movie ever. Plan 9 from Outer Space, uh, Killer Clowns. You have these movies that... People just say are terrible. They're god awful. Nobody likes them. I don't know why they got made. Even some movies use this as a marketing ploy. They'll say, you know, one of the worst films ever made or the worst film ever made. And they use that to draw you in because people want to see a car wreck. People want to see a movie that is considered the worst film of all time. And so today on the B Horror Movie Review this year, we're doing what to this date with me is considered the worst film I've ever watched. A little backstory. I have, I had an affinity for DVDs. This is before streaming came out, you know, when you were still buying physical media, Walmart has a $5 bin. You go there, there are older movies, some movies that, you know, maybe some every now and then you get a newer movie that just wasn't good that they're just trying to get rid of. And every now and then you find these movies, these horror movies or any kind of thing like that where they're just in there. You know, they're, they're cheaply made, low-budget movies that they put out and they put in the $5 bin. Well, this is what I would do. I would go rummage through the $5 bin and just find it. Um, one movie that I pulled out, the cover art, which will be on my Instagram. You can go look at my Instagram and I will put the cover art on there for you to see. It looked just, it, it looked cool. The story in the back when you read the synopsis, looked interesting. And I was like, cool, this movie might be good. I'm going to be talking about 2006's Alive or Dead. Not to be confused with Alive, not to be confused with Dead or Alive, or anything of the such. Alive or Dead from 2006. This is, 
the worst movie I have ever watched, whether it is intense, whether it's horror or not. This movie is terrible. Um, I know I just did the Halloween movie review, and a lot of people, you know, they're like, you know, a lot of, you know, you've been doing a lot where you don't like movies. It's just, I try to give you good in this. There's no good in the movie I'm about to talk about. I, I There's nothing good about it. The only thing you might say is good is, wow, the, the, the two of the chicks are uh, attractive. Two of the women are attractive. That might, That's literally it. If you want to try, try to find something good about this movie. Okay? But back to it. I bought this movie, $5. $5 and some change with taxes. You know, Uncle Sam got to get his piece. Anyway, I bring it home. I watch it. And I immediately realized I paid $30 too much for this film. They should have paid me to take this film. I've loaned movies out to people. Okay, you know, you loan movies out to your friends, family, whatever. Um, and I've got, I got to the point where I was kind of wary of it because people would damage them or you wouldn't get them back. I loaned this out to a buddy of mine. And he moved and lost it, or he said he did. And he's like, man, I'm sorry I lost it. I was like, dude, I don't care. I really don't care. I've seen this. I've never cared that he lost this film. I did not want it back. I have seen this movie twice in my life. The day I bought it and this past week when I had to watch it to research this because I thought of the idea for it. So again, 2006's Alive or Dead. None of the people in it are any names, so it doesn't really matter. Okay. The synopsis of this movie is a woman driving. She finds a bus with help me written on the in, on the window. She goes inside, finds somebody chained up, and gets taken on a venture. There's cannibals, and there's science people trying to kill the cannibal. I don't know, but let's just, let's just start from the beginning. Uh, we start off with a woman driving in the mountains, in the woods, going to a cabin of her boyfriend. She's on the phone with him, driving in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the night, Having phone sex. It is the worst phone sex I've ever heard in my life. Now, this is 2006 with a flip phone. And, of course, so her battery is going to be dying. She's trying to have sex. They're, they're terrible at it. He's garbage. She's garbage. Um, she reaches for a vibrator in her bag. It falls on the floor. So, the next best thing is let me use the, the car cell phone charger. Why? I don't fucking know. I don't know what she's going to do with it. I don't, I mean, I don't know how it's going to feel good or work the way. Anyway, they're going with that. She drives past the bus and she ends up getting two flats immediately. The bus has helped me written on it. He, she tells him, you know, should I, he's like, just leave it. No, don't go back. Of course, she has to go back. She has flats. She finds somebody chained in the bus. A girl's chained up in the bus by her leg and by her neck with a supposed I guess a cloth like bag over her face and the acting of her wanting to escape is terrible she's god awful actress in that role then we find out a guy comes back and he's dragging a body to the bus he throws the guy on the bus and the guy's name is Frank he is the guy from the cover art who looks nothing like the guy from the cover art again go to my Instagram and look and I'm going to try to find a picture of Frank to put up as a reference of it he looks nothing like it. The dude on the cover art looks badass and scary. This dude looks like me with long, balding hair. There's nothing scary about him. Now, he gets on the bus. 
and he goes to a gas station that looks abandoned, but it's not. He fills the back of the bus up with ice. Now, there's bodies laid back there where people have been eating. She's hiding on the bus now. You know, she didn't want to get caught. Um, this Frank is passed out still. The girl's back there making noise, but not making noise. He throws bags upon bags upon bags upon bags of ice in the back of the, van, uh, the, back of the bus. They never explain what the fuck it's for. Now, some people have told me when I've talked about it that maybe it's there to keep the bodies cool. Okay. We'll get to that in a little bit. Still makes no sense. They never explained what the fuck the ice is for. You never see them pull the body parts out or anything. So why is he keeping the bodies fresh? I don't understand it. Best part, they drive off middle of the night. Next time we see them, they go from the mountains in the middle of the woods. They're in the middle of the fucking desert at this castle and I'm, I'm not joking it's like a castle I don't know I don't know a lot of geography there might be a place where you can go from mountains to woods that quickly or you know in a few hours maybe but it just seems strange that you're in the middle of the woods in the cab up in the mountains and then all of a sudden you're down in a desert it really makes no fucking sense the music that the guy's listening to on the bus is like a disco video game type music it makes no it has no real um connection to the film it kind of takes you out of it when you sing it again we see the bags of ice have melted they never explain what the ice is for and i know that's not a big deal but it's always annoyed me every time i've seen this is what is the fucking ice for why did you throw ice upon ice upon ice in this anyway they get there the bus driver who's the caretaker of this castle in the middle of the desert hears noises in the back of the bus and then he acts like he didn't know a girl was chained in the bus And I'm not joking. Like, he's like, well, what are you doing here? Who are you? You were driving around. She didn't make a noise at all that you heard. I know the music was playing, but at no point did you hear change rustling, her, see her, anything. It makes no fucking sense. Okay. So then they get off the bus and the fat Frank wakes up and attacks the bus driver, chokes him out with a stool and is going to kill him. And the girl from the original that was heading to the cabin that was playing with herself with the cell phone charger tells him not. Don't do it. Don't do it. And the bus driver's laying there passed out from being choked. <clears throat> At this point, they can get on the bus and leave. Get on the bus. Crank it up. Drive off. Movie over, right? No, 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 no. The two girls and Frank decide they're going to explore this castle. But first, they got to make a lot of Knights of the Roundtable joke. And I'm not joking. They make Knights of the Roundtable jokes this entire time. You've just been kidnapped. You don't know where you're at. You don't know what this guy was doing. Why he had this guy on this bus. You've seen body parts. And you're making jokes. Now, I know some people take stuff differently. But it makes no fucking sense. Get on the bus and leave. That's all you had to do. The house isn't in shambles. The house doesn't look like a killer lives there. It looks kind of like a normal house. It's furnished, you know. I mean, it just looks like somebody's living there. They're exploring. They they go out a back door, and they see another part of a of the house. And one of the girls looks and goes, "That's his room." The caretaker. Now there is a sign that says caretaker. When you get up on the door, they're looking at it from the side. There's no way she could have saw this. How did she know that was his fucking room? How did she know it was his room? And again, the acting between these two actresses have no chemistry. They are terrible. Frank hasn't said a word yet. He's just kind of mumbled around and poked at a 
dead moose on the wall. That's exactly what happens. It makes no sense. The dialogue in this movie is terrible. It is poorly written. Nobody speaks like they speak. They don't act like they're acting. It's like a porno movie acting. That's the way these two act girls act. It's seriously, they're acting like they're in a porn. You know that that whole where you're acting but you don't know how to act, so you just kind of fake it. That's what they're doing. They check on the roof for some reason. Instead of leaving, they're like, "Well, let's go look at the roof." Like the roof's going to give you any fucking answers. I guess maybe you can go up there and see see if you can see something, but it gives no excuse to what they're doing. None. But before they go on the roof and they go to leave for the roof, there's a there's a mysterious cloaked figure that runs behind them. What, what and I know what you're thinking. He's the killer. No, 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 no. We'll get into it. We find out Frank is the bad guy. Yes, Frank is the bad guy. Frank is is trying to attack the girls now. Don't explain why. They we never understand why. They never explain why. But he's trying to attack the girls now. He gets his finger cut off by getting it slammed into a door. Not joking. That's exactly what happens. The girl that was chained up in the bus killed the bus driver earlier by hitting him in the head with a chain. Now she's freaking out. He was innocent. He didn't do it. How do they know he wasn't involved? How do they know he's not involved in anything? They just know that this Frank guy, who's apparently, there's something wrong with him. You can kind of tell. He's not speaking, and he, the way he's moving, you can tell that there's something mentally wrong with him. And he's attacking them. But So that obviously automatically makes the guy on the bus innocent. Don't know why. They're running from Frank, and one hides in the closet. One goes under a bed in a bedroom. Nobody looks in the closet or the bedroom. Frank immediately finds the one under the bed and starts to attack her. The other girl goes to leave. Frank breaks a piece of wood off and stabs the girl in the leg. So now her leg is messed up. She's limping and, and then going into a full sprint and running like nothing's happening. Adrenaline? I don't know. That's not the worst part of it. The hostage girl we find out of Sarah finds documents from a hospital where her dad worked at. That's literally all the dialogue we get from that. Nothing else. We just find out that her dad worked at a hospital. They finally get out, and they're going to get on the bus and leave. But neither one of them knows how to drive a clutch. Of course. I understand a bus is a little different, but this is why you should know how to drive a clutch. You should know how to drive a stick shift in case something like this happens. We see a young kid in the back with bumps all over his face eating the body parts from the back of the bus. Now, apparently the cannibals have disfigurements that have like pustule bumps on their faces. Uh, Frank has these, so I'm guessing they're supposed to be related, even though the kid on the back of the bus is clearly Asian, and Frank is not Asian. Um, then, they all of a sudden, when they're trying to leave, Frank disables the bus by taking a battery cable off after they've got the bus going. Now, if there's an alternator on the bus, it's going to keep the bus running. That's generally how I would think it'd go. I don't, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but I know if you take the battery cable off your car after it's running, the alternator will keep it going. Maybe a bus is different, but this is, as far as I know, this is how it is. Frank catches uh, Sarah again, chains her up, and as she's looking at the, the other girl, she's like, No, don't leave me. You can't leave me again. That's exactly how she says it in that cadence. The worst acting I have ever seen. She removes the chain by sticking a piece of wood there and sliding it off. And this piece of sharp wood cuts into her skin. It doesn't go through her ankle, but it cuts into her skin and gives her enough to leave. It's, it, it makes no sense. She easily removed this chain. Um, the, the young cannibal offers Sarah a ring she find, that he found and runs away. Frank is still chasing car charger girl, and he ends up catching her. She grabs a horseshoe and throws it. hits him dead in the eye. 
This girl is a dead shot with horseshoes. If she's not a professional horseshoer, something's wrong because she's a ringer. Frank gets chained up and they chain him to a piece of pipe and the Hawkeye Precision, he grabs a pipe and throws it and impales the girl through the shoulder. Not the shoulder, the skin on top of the shoulder. Impels it into a door. Now, it's going to hurt like hell, but it's just the skin. I'm getting off of this. I'm getting out of this. You're not chaining me to a door with a pipe when it didn't go through the shoulder. It went through the skin of the shoulder. Like it raised up. You can see it's not through her shoulder. Okay. Sarah is trying to walk away and the young camel is following her and doesn't attempt to go back for the bus at all. That's running. She got the bus running and left it. She just is like, I'm going to walk. I'm not going back to the bus. The cloaked figure comes in. And looks at the girl chain or impaled on the door and says, "You will, you know, that's going to need a tetanus shot." Now, we find out he's apparently worked at the worked with Sarah's dad at the hospital, and Frank was some kind of weird experiment or something. They never really explained what the fuck he is. Just that his mom had him, and they were supposed to kill him, but Sarah's dad didn't. For some reason, Sarah's dad didn't kill him. He he had to protect him, and he put him up in a fucking cabin in the woods. Um. This guy, when he saw them in the house earlier and was running behind them, never thought to stop him. Like, look, Frank's bad. We, you know, you, something's wrong. We got to go. No, with Frank tied there, we find out that Frank ate his daughter. Frank ate his daughter. And so he's going to kill him. He pulls out a two-shot Derringer, which is a badass little gun. Okay. He's giving the backstory of Frank in very vague details. Like, again, not telling you exactly what it is. And he shoots Frank. Derringer pistol, 22 Magnum, has two shots in it. This is a two-shot Derringer pistol. Two. One, two. He shoots him once. Okay? He shoots him once in the leg for some reason. The, Sarah runs in. Sarah saves him. She's going to keep Frank alive. All of a sudden, Sarah stops him, grabs a pistol after Frank has killed the guy in the cloak figure, and shoots him two more times. So she shot three bullets. Out of a two-shot uh, pistol. Let that sink in. They go back to the bus, and now she can drive a manual perfectly. She knows how to do it. And the movie ends. Or does it? They drive to the woods. They get to the woods where we find all this, you know, back, right back where it was. They get in the car. They're going to leave. Frank got there. First off, they get from the desert to the um, woods in a few hours, maybe. But it's still daylight. It went from pitch black night to the middle of the day when they get there this time, all of a sudden now it's closely. Frank has gotten there with them. Frank has now walked after being shot in the leg and shot three times. Frank has now walked from where they were to them and met them there. He caught them there. I understand Jason Voorhees and all this, but Jason Voorhees is at least some kind of some kind of demonic entity. This is Frank, just a medical experiment. It makes no fucking sense. So we go to now, it's a, a cabin in the woods film. Because they run, they find a cabin. We find the cabin. Sarah's dad has helped raise Frank, bringing him food to eat. He's wrote him letters, helping him to read, gave him the name Frank, telling him about his daughter, and then all of a sudden stops. He's like, I can't. we can't do this anymore. I can't help you anymore. I'm going to leave you to fend on your own. Oh, and again, the movie's still not over. 
no matter how much you want this film to be over, they just, they keep, it, they're using the Lord of the Ring thing. We're going to keep giving you endings, but never actually telling you when the ending gets there. They find this cabin. They go up. There's a woman chained to the bed, and she's pregnant. And she's saying, kill me. Kill me. Kill the baby. Kill me. Kill me the baby. So Frank has now turned into some hills have eyes, procreation, weird shit. Um, she has a ring on her finger, and the gold ring that the kid was giving to Sarah was Frank. So Frank has at least put a ring on it. You know, if you rock it, then you should have put a ring on it. You know, that type of stuff. Yes, I just did it in that accent. If you rock it, then you should have put a ring on it. That's apparently what it is. So he liked it. He put a ring on it. At least that, I guess. If you're going to be a psycho, cannibal, serial rapist killer, I guess at least you're going to put a ring on a girl. He thought it was right. Frank gets killed with barbecue tongs when he gets stabbed in the head. The captive girl goes outside, has a pistol, and shoots herself in the stomach, which kills her, kills the baby, and now she's free to go. Sarah just walks away instead of taking the girl's car. The other girl got killed by Frank when she got pulled out of the car when they were going to leave. The girl's car is on flats, but Sarah, is, instead of getting in the car, is just going to walk away, and then the movie ends. I just gave you the whole movie. If you're confused by what I said... Watch the movie if you want, and you're going to be even more confused because that's exactly exactly what happens. Nothing else adds to the story. I didn't leave out any details that you might need to explain something. I literally just told you the entire film verbatim from beginning to end without leaving out any detail which you might need to make you try to connect the stories. This is a, a Cabin in the Woods story, a hostage story, a captive story, a cannibal story, a revenge story, a medical experiment story, a, a kind of religious story. This movie does not know what it wants to be. It's like the people who wrote this had an idea for five different horror movies and said, let's all combine them into one. The acting is terrible. There is not one good actor in this entire film. No bit of dialogue is good nobody speaks like this nobody talks like this nobody has chemistry the fact that the killer looks nothing like the cover art so you are getting false advertisement there when he looks like Danny DeVito's penguin from Batman Returns and on the cover art he looks like he's a badass killer carrying like a homemade mace okay long stringy hair looks like something that you would see in the woods in the dark this movie to be a horror movie it's very brightly lit in the middle of the desert in the middle of the day. There's not a lot of dark. There's not a lot of suspense. There's not a lot of jump scares. They try a couple of jump scares and none of them work. The CG is bad for the blood stains. Again, acting is terrible. The music is terrible. The set design isn't good. The only good things about this, like I said, are the two girls might be, you. they're attractive. And the two-shot derringers are okay, pretty cool. So that's it. So if you want to see two relatively attractive girls and a two-shot derringer pistol then this is the movie for you. Other than that, this movie is terrible. There is no redeeming qualities of this. I've wasted now almost four hours of my life by seeing it twice. I honestly will not watch this film again. I cannot watch this film again. This movie, you know, you watch bad movies sometimes, and if you watch them multiple times, sometimes you find that they can get a little better. Like maybe you, get, you, you enjoy it a little. There is no enjoyment in this film at all. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. There might be worse movies out there. But as far as I have, and all the movies I've seen, and y'all know, I've seen a lot of movies. This is the worst film I've ever watched. Not just horror. Movie period. I have not seen a worse movie than this. Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is considered the worst film of all time, is better than this. 
Tommy Wiseau does better films than this. This movie has no redeeming qualities. It's not scary. It doesn't know what it wants to be. The cinematography is not good. Even for a 2006 film, even for a low-budget 2006 film, this movie is straight-up garbage. Hot garbage. Flaming garbage. You know, I, I like Halloween uh, ends. I told you the movie's terrible. I didn't like it, but I said watch it if you, you know, to make up your mind for yourself. I usually tell you, make up your mind, and you still can. If you'd like to watch this film, it is on, uh, it's on Tubi, and it's it's on a couple of other free streaming things you can get from Roku. You can get them off uh, Apple TV, whatever you use for your streaming. You can find find it. But I will tell you this. I am not responsible for any wasted time you get watching this film. This film is the worst film because it doesn't know what it wants to be. I don't know who financed this. I don't know what they were thinking when they financed it. I don't know if they thought they were going to get it back. Again, it's like they had ideas for multiple horror movies, maybe even a series with this killer, and they didn't know how to do it or were were they weren't going to get another one, so they're like, we're just going to put them all into one. It hits a lot of tropes of different horror genre films, but all of them rolled into one with bad acting and no direction makes this movie terrible. It's not good. I, I just I don't know what else I can say. I literally told you the whole film, and I literally gave you every major detail there would be, from the bad uh, phone sex at the very beginning, to the weird choice of sex toys, to the ice that stills never fucking explained i don't know why it bothers me so much but the ice not being explained just it still hurts me to this day like why did he need all the ice it wasn't like he had he got it and he saved and he brought it to the house because he needed ice at the house this is how bad the film is that something so trivial is what i'm focusing on not the kills not anything like that it's something trivial because it's like why how did you go from the middle of the woods end up in the up in the mountains to the desert like that? Again, maybe there's places, but I don't know if you look at it, there's no mountains and in the distance, I don't know how they got there. And then they got there quicker at the end. And then Frank got there by walking on a fucked up leg that he's been shot in. What what they never explain what Frank is. They don't they give you a vague idea of what he is or who he is. They never explain why he was born or why that this doctor has this weird connection to him or you think maybe him and Sarah are somehow related like he was a family member no he wasn't the doctor just saved him he's like I can't kill a kid so I'm gonna put him in the woods and then he he, he was raising him giving him food and stuff it wasn't like he was staying with the kid he was just giving him food and then one day he's like I can't do this anymore you're on your own Frank bye bye so Frank starts eating people and procreating and, and chaining women up and I don't know it's just a terrible film uh, B movies are usually supposed to be good this is a this is a terrible B this is a D fan, this is a D movie this is our first D movie review D for disasterly D for damn it I'm not watching this again so if you watch it that's on you do not watch it I'm telling you right now don't waste your time I just told you the whole movie don't waste your time go to my Instagram at Nerdpool Podcast. Go to my Instagram and you'll see the pictures of the cover art and the killer. And you'll see wh why this is a, a, just that alone is false advertisement. While you're at it, follow me at Nerdpool Podcast there. 
Go to my Twitter and follow me at NerdPoolPod. I am on TikTok at NerdPoolPodcast. I am on Twitch at NerdPoolGaming. Go follow me. Anywhere you're listening to this, make sure you like. Make sure you leave me a review. Make sure you leave me a rating. Whatever you do to help the channel out, I really appreciate it. You know I love everybody out there who listens, everybody who who takes time out of their week, their day, or whatever to listen to me rant and rave about all this. You are amazing, every one of you. All my chimichangas and tacos. I, I thank you every day for everything that you're doing. And I hope you're having a great day, and I hope you're enjoying this great spooky month of Halloween. Uh, so next time, that's Halloween Pool. See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Nerd Pool. Be sure to come back next time for more tales of the frightening and the dreadful. Until next time, remember to avoid things that go bump in the night.